What is going on, everyone? This is your host, Ring Sports TV, and today I am joined by the monster, uh, Steve, aka uh, Congo Kong. You guys may know him, but uh, this is a one on one conversation that I'll be having with him. Uh, and before we even get started with the video, uh, go follow me on Twitter at THUSTRD, that's official Ring Sports TV Twitter, so we can go check out more uh, interviews such as this. Uh, this this is awesome. I, I have it's a pleasure to have Steve on the show. Steve, how are you feeling today? Not too bad, man. How about yourself? Uh, I'm doing I'm doing awesome. Uh I as usual, uh, again, you know, just even getting in contact with you it was amazing. Uh, to have you on the show, I want to thank you a, a million gazillion times for uh, agreeing to come on the show. Uh, is there any type of way that people can? I want to do this at the beginning of the show and uh, at the, during the outro of the show. Is there a way that people can uh, reach you uh, on social media? Uh, yeah, if you want to get hold of me on Facebook, find me under Steve Wilson, or I have a fan page at uh, Congo Kong slash the Juggernaut of Cyrus. Um, And speaking of gear making, I that's just one part of the story that I want to get because I never, I did not know that, I did not know that you did gear, and I want to talk about um, your things that you do outside of wrestling uh, as we get further into this interview. But before we get into that, uh, I'd like for you to share me your backstory. You know, who is Steve Wilson? Express to me, you know, uh, where you grew up with or where you grew up in. You know, just tell me your backstory. Yeah, um, I was uh, born and raised in Grabs, Michigan. Uh, went all the way through uh, high school, uh, you know, through high school, and then uh, I uh, was actually a pretty decent athlete in high school. I made uh, the All-State team football uh, for both offensive tackle and defensive tackle. Um, it's the two different sets of uh, uh, newspapers and whatever, but um, also was an All-State wrestler. Um, and, uh, you know, pro wrestling has been a passion of mine since I was probably, my dad tells me since I was five years old, I was telling him that I wanted to be Hulk And so it was something that I, uh, uh, I ended up eventually leaving um, my first football scholarship to, uh, to get into pro wrestling because I found a school locally, you know, that uh, I could get some training at and break into the business. So uh, that was when I made up my mind that this is something that I wanted to pursue. Um, from there, uh, after about three years of uh, wrestling on ABC, I, I took a hiatus and I went back to college football to where I moved to uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I played uh, three years for the University of St. Francis. Um, and then after that, got back into the business and uh I wrestled as Osiris for the first 10 years, and uh, uh, mainly Congo Kong for the last 10. So, um, yeah, that's uh, kind of my backstory, I guess. 
All right, and uh, speaking of everything you just, uh, you know, you expressed to me, uh, I'd like to get into how your passion grew, but let me first say this. I am actually calling you from Detroit. Uh, I am born and raised in uh, Detroit, Michigan, so it's awesome to hear, you know, uh, a, a somebody of your, I guess, wrestling caliber and, uh, you know, your position in wrestling and uh, the, the fan base you've uh, garnered from your career that you've had so far uh you know it's awesome to hear somebody from my hometown to uh you know of my home state really to uh to, to do the things that you're doing now so getting into your passion uh, how did your passion go what what pushed you to fully immerse yourself in wrestling uh who was your favorite wrestler growing up um i guess uh the first thing that caught my eye was when Hogan slammed Andre, and I kind of kind of wanted that, you know, kind of situation to where I was the, the main hero, um, and uh, that was uh, the motivation. I love the physicality of wrestling. That's why I got into the high school wrestling, so I really just beat people up, <laughs> and uh, um you know, football, same thing. Um, you know, love physicality, and uh, that's kind of what led me into pro wrestling. And uh, you know, it 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 was something that it was more of a, I guess, a hobby at first, and then all of a sudden, I decided that you know, I had to uh, sacrifice some things. You know, one thing would be going to church every Sunday, you know, I grew up, uh, uh, I hate to say religious, but, you know, a, a church goer, and um, once uh, I became, I, I, I made it up in my mind that, that wrestling was what I wanted to pursue, because I was getting older, and I knew the time was running low, um, I knew that, you know, I'd miss a lot of Sundays, because I'd be out on the road, so um, that was what I did, you know, something I gave up, and um, you know, I still consider myself a spiritual person and I still have a, a relationship with my creator, but, you know, just not, you know, in church every weekend like I was. Right. Well, speaking of, you know, life apart from your community, because it's from what I've heard from you, and I, I want to make sure I'm getting this right, that, you know, you're wrestling life and you know the the way you want to move yourself into the wrestling uh bubble you've had to you know sacrifice some things tell me your life on the road you know from what i've heard from others it seems as though you know life on the road as a wrestler is quite rough explain to me your life on the road in wrestling um well it means that you know relationships are harder to come by and uh i've learned that over the years um you're not home enough or if you're not in the other person's face enough then typically your relationship won't last and so it's either you you do that or you know you start a family and you wrestle sometimes or you can immerse yourself and, and go at it and you know maybe you might find that lucky person or you, get, you, you might find the person that, that uh, can tolerate what you do and how often you're gone and stuff like that um but for the most part, for me, it's been, you know, just go, go, go. And, uh, you know, if, uh, if I'm lucky enough to, to meet that special person or whatever, then cool. If not, you know, I might have a, uh, 
something that last a minute or two here or there, but never anything that I felt was so long term that, you know, I'd be willing to settle down or give up wrestling for. So, on that topic, uh, with because this is completely, this is actually, I, I'm, I'm liking the way this conversation is going. I'm, I'm really enjoying this. Uh, getting back, you know, getting to, you know, a person, a wrestler's r- romantic life and a wrestler's, you know, relationship life, not with just somebody as a partner, but with family. Uh, has there been situations, have you, because, you know, you, you have many, you know, in the locker room, different, you know, different colleagues, and I'm quite sure have been able to hold relationships uh, with uh, others uh, while being in the wrestling industry, what are some words of advice you can give to those that are up and coming in the indie circuit, uh, or just you know in wrestling in general that want to learn how to maintain a relationship with their family or with the others? If there is any word of advice you can give, um, I would say if you're gonna date somebody, try to date outside of wrestling. Don't date anybody in wrestling because if something goes wrong, then all of a sudden everyone is in your business. You know, everybody knows what's going on between you two and. Uh, you know, it just, it's usually doesn't turn into a good situation. Hmm. Um, as far as family goes, I would say, um, you know, holidays and, 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 you know, get-togethers and things like that, keep those sacred, you know, because they don't happen every day, they don't happen every weekend. So if you can avoid having to go to a show or having to miss something um, to, to get together with your family, then I would say do it, you know. Um, because, you know, family is important. You never know the last time you're going to see somebody. Right. Right. I completely, uh, I have the, I can, I can understand that position. Uh, and speaking of the, uh, the backstage, you know, it seems like when I was getting from this, again, I want to make sure I'm, inter- I'm getting this the right way. Uh, people get inside of others' business. Can you explain to me the, uh, the, the relationships you've gained backstage or the relationships that you've lost backstage. The, can you explain to me just your the, the way that you and your colleagues interact with each other, uh, especially in the wrestling business? How, how is that? How is the relationship between you and your roadies or just you and people generally backstage? Um, I've gained some of my best friends from wrestling. Uh, it, is, uh, it is the place that... Uh, you know, you, you 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 build relationships, you learn, you grow from each other, and, um, yeah, you, you know, you just need those lifetime friends, people that you probably never would have looked up with uh, before, you know, through wrestling, it's possible. Like, I have friends from all around the world now that I never would have met or never would have known because of pro wrestling. Hmm. Well, uh, wow. Sorry, this again just get very. This is awesome. I'm sorry. I like the way this is going. Uh, so now we've covered, you know, what goes on backstage. We've covered the camaraderie. We've covered relationships. We've covered all that. Now I want to get into how did you get in? What are your origins? You know, uh, I haven't seen any, you know, indie promotions around here or any wrestling schools around here you know to get into what what are some words of encouragement 
not well what's number one where's some encouragement you give to those that want to get into the business or that have a dream of uh stepping into the wrestling business in any way shape or form in the ring uh out of the ring anything like that what's some words of encouragement you give to them and how did you get in i want to first listen to your story but how did you get in and what's some words of encouragement um my story is that i was in one summer uh first summer after playing football at first university that I had the uh, scholarship at and I went into a video game store and I happened to see a poster for a local show and at the bottom of the show it says if you want to become a pro wrestler call this number and so I called the number and I talked to the guy who was training and um, we uh, we went from there and um, you know I, I, I ended up going back to school for a couple of days uh, for, for two days but my heart wasn't in it and I just felt like you know this is my time this is my opportunity I don't want to let this pass, pass me by so I ended up leaving school that semester and uh, coming back home to pursue wrestling you know I had to get a regular job and all that you know day to day adulting if you will but because I, I uh, felt so strongly about what I wanted to do, it felt like the right thing, and so I stuck with it. So I stuck it out. So it was definitely worth it, as it as as uh as I can see, it definitely seems like it was worth it. Uh, so now talking about you know how you got into the business. Uh, what are again some words of encouragement you give to the viewers, to the listeners, of uh, you know how yeah how just some words of encouragement to the to the listeners on getting into the business or just dreams in general um you know you said your goals high and uh, uh I've, I've known people that come and go you know within a couple of years because they didn't feel like they were moving fast enough um it took me 18 years before i ever got the opportunity to be seen 18 years to be seen by by uh, anyone, you know, of any kind of caliber, any kind of national TV company or anything like that. Like, I never had a WWE tryout or uh, an extra, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, an extra loop. Um, my first time getting noticed was because I did a show with Abyss, and he... Uh, he just said, uh, you know, I feel like you deserve a chance, and I, I want to get that set up for you. Let me let me see what I can work out. And, of course, you know, after 18 years of nothing happening and, you know, listening to this promoter lie about this thing and that promoter lie about that thing and, you know, nothing ever coming true, I had the mentality that, you know, whatever, I'll believe it when I see it. And then I was presented with the opportunity to go down to Orlando and try out for Impact. And, uh, you know, I, I made sure I took that opportunity because, you know, if, you, if you're not getting very many, then you take the ones that, that you get and make the most of them. But the point is, never give up because 18 years, I, all of a sudden I'm thinking, okay, well, it's probably time to, to uh, hang this up because nothing's happening. And, you know, maybe I'll do it, you know, occasionally. Maybe I'll do once or twice a month or whatever. But uh, then all of a sudden things start happening and doors were open. 
you know, so you never know when your blessing is going to be right around the corner. Wow. Well, with... if I had given up, if I had given up, then you know I could have completely missed my opportunity, my window. Well, if you have given up, I am quite sure this interview would have not happened because, uh, man, I am very, very, uh, I was very astonished. I would, I was blown away by the work I've seen from you. Uh, and speaking of the work that I've seen from you and speaking of Impact, uh, tell me about your time in Impact Wrestling, you know. Tell me about your journey so far there because I've seen your work and I am uh, with your work with Johnny Mundo and uh, Jimmy Jacobs, you know, just seeing that stuff. I, I and I've seen your, I've seen a lot of your independent stuff, and I've seen you before you made your way to Impact. But I want to know about your time in Impact. Tell me about that. Oh, um, my time in Impact was, uh, I would say, rocky at first <laughs> because you never know who was in charge or what was going to happen or whatever. Uh, when I was hired, I was hired. It was still TNA Impact Wrestling. Um, and then the next time I came back, it was Global Force Wrestling. And uh, then after that, it went back to being just Impact Wrestling. So, um, you know, lasting through those different regimes, you never really knew, you know, if you were going to get the, the, the same opportunity that you were getting as you came in or, you know, what exactly was happening. And... Uh, you know, it's just been a kind of a a fun journey, but it's uh, it's also been a, a good journey that you know allowed me to to quit my regular job. I've I've not worked a regular job for a year and a half now, and I think that is a lot of guys' goal. You know, who wrestle, they want to be able to to live off wrestling. That's the dream, right there. Like whether or not you become a billionaire or not, you know, it's not important. But you want to be able to pay your bills and live comfortably um and I think uh from there you know I kind of felt like I ran into an issue with the uh the Jared regime or whatever where I was off the TV from I want to say August all the way up until December that's a long time to not be on TV but I, again I was fortunate because I I you know and made it enough of an impact or enough of a name for myself that uh, I could get steady work on independency. Um, then once uh, Scott DeMore and Don Callis got in, or came into power, um, I, I was being used more and, you know, put into an actual storyline and and things were starting to, to grow for me and uh, uh, develop for me. Um the way they termed it, I, I was to consider it my re-debut, which, uh, you know, it, it's been a great, great situation, really, for since then, and, you know, to put me in a great situation. Well, um, wow, I, this is, I, I love, you know, hearing about uh, the backstage uh in some cases from what I've again I'm interpreting this from a wrestling fan's perspective um, from things that I've heard from people uh, but the backstage you know issues that you face or not issues necessarily but you know the, the things that you've had to go on uh, to get to where you're at right now uh, and speaking of getting to where you're at right now uh, over time you've garnered more fans such as me um, how did you 
you know, uh, how does it feel to know that you have all these people supporting you, like, around the world? Like, you know, uh, what culture, not what culture, uh, Cultaholic was, did a video, and you were on the list, you know? How does it feel to know people out in the United Kingdom, uh, my viewers, you know, others know about you? How, how does that feel to know that you have people that look up to you and that, you know, watch your stuff, that watch your content, that watch your matches? You know, it's such a blessing. Even, even when I hear... Uh, the negative stuff or when the the people are hating on me, you know, and they want to talk about, you know, my physique because I don't look like I'm uh, I'm a gym body or anything like that. You know, you don't really know my story, but you assume, and that's okay because you're talking about me, you know, and, and it's, it's a case where I'm on TV, you're watching me on TV. I'm not watching you on TV, so I, I can't really worry about what it is that you think about me because I'm there and you're not you know and I hate to to put it so bluntly and make it sound like I'm like I'm uh, uh, like I have a big head because I don't I consider myself very fortunate very blessed to be in the situation that I am and I'm grateful so grateful to uh, have that opportunity you know recently I went to India and uh, uh, just to, to see the reaction from the people over there you know, who got to see me in person and, and uh, even meeting, you know, the students of the Great Kali and how well they treated me, how well they received me. And, and, like, I felt like I was a king. Like, it's crazy just to think that there's people all over this entire globe who know who I am, you know, because of this little thing called pro And it's, it's, I'm overwhelmed by it. And, you know, sometimes, like, it, it, puts me in an emotional state to even think about, you know, how blessed I am, how fortunate I am to, to be where I am. Hmm. Well, speaking of, you know, you traveling the world and doing things that you're doing, uh, there are two big questions I want to ask. This is coming just for me as a person that has a slight, you know, has a slight fear of flying, you know, how have you when it comes to flying how is the travel air travel we, we talked about the road how is the air travel for you flying to places like india or other places is it is it bumpy what's are you calm like what gets you through knowing that you know you have to go all the way across the world to get to another country to perform for maybe a couple nights and then have to come back you know tell me about air travel wise um well, let me let me start by saying that because of pro wrestling, there was only one time that I've actually had to pay for a plane ticket, and that was to go and have my tryout. But flying and being and going all these places all over the world or whatever, I've never had to play, pay for a plane ticket, and that was amazing. My first flight came because of pro wrestling. Um, you know, the first couple times. Uh, it was a scary situation because, you know, if you've never done it, you never know what to expect. And, you know, oftentimes we'll hear about planes disappearing over the ocean and, you know, crashing and, and all the things that, the negative things, you know. You know how the news is, everything that you hear is negative. But um, after a while, it, it just kind of becomes like a, like a, I don't know, it, it doesn't even bother you. Um, because you're so used to it and you, and because you've done it so much. The only the only thing for me, being that I'm 6'6 and, you know, 330 pounds, is that the seats aren't, uh, 
very uh, comfortable. <laughs> so, you know, I don't feel like I'm at the status to where I can demand first class or business class, but, you know, I, I kind of, it's kind of what I need because it's, uh, it's a rough one. So I always try to ask for, like, a, a an exit room. No. Just so I can have a leg room, you know, and it's, a uh, that's that's the biggest issue is fitting on fitting on those in those seats for as long as you have to, you know. Now, but if you can get up, if you can get past all that and, and take a nap, then you you go. Well, now speaking of flights, have you ever had a fan come up to you through the airport? I think that's the number one thing that I've heard on every other podcast when it comes to wrestlers is fans approaching you. Have fans approach you on the airplane at the airport? Tell me about your situations like that. Tell me your crazy stories or your stories in general uh, when it comes to fans encounters at the airport or just in general in life in general. Um, as far as fans approaching me, typically people don't know who I am unless like they can see my tattoos or if I'm wearing a Kong Kong shirt, they'll put two and two together. But because of the face name. Typically, they don't recognize me, and I'm okay with that. Um, but don't get me wrong, it's also nice to be recognized as well. Uh, there was an instance in Orlando where uh, I ran into a guy, and he knew who I was, and, uh, you know, he, he was really, really cool about it, and, and he, you know, thought everything I did was great, and that's awesome. Um, you know, and then there's other times, uh, like uh, when we were leaving India, um, Hernandez was over there with us, and he uh, he uh, oftentimes gets mistaken for John Cena. <laughs> and so uh, we're sitting out at this cafe, and we see all these people circling around and just sitting there and looking at it. Like, a couple of them run up, and they're like, oh, we're big fans, we're big fans. And I'm like, why you? Because it didn't occur to me that, you know, this situation, he goes, oh, they think I'm John Cena. I'm like, no, now I see it. Okay, all right, all right. And so, like, as we sit there, more and more people will come along. And uh, so we devised this plan to uh, make a little change while we're in the Indian airport, you know, with selfies. And so I get up and I'm like, hey, anybody who wants a selfie, 100 rupees. <laughs> and we had this nice, nice blue line of, of people coming in and, uh, they thought they would get their selfies regardless, but I was like, no, I need, I need your money. Give me your money, and then you can take the selfie. That's just what it is. If not, then you need to leave. You know, so I was playing security guard. Nobody knew who I was, obviously, because I'm not John Cena, and I'm not Mark Henry or anything like that. But uh, they thought he was John Cena, and so, you know, we, we, we uh, played on that. We played on it. We didn't, we didn't say he was John Cena. We called him Juan Cena, and it was actually a, a fun little, fun little game we played. We uh, were able to have a couple beers off of that. Well, uh, there you go, everyone. We have uh, Steve Wilson, the entrepreneur and professional wrestler, uh, getting signed, getting signatures. Are getting uh getting paid for signatures with Juan Cena or pictures with Juan Cena, uh, gosh that's that's stories, uh yeah, hmm, so I feel like we've covered uh a whole lot.
well, a whole lot from, you know, what I've been thinking. Um, is there anything that you'd like to share with the fans before we come to a close on this? Um, no, like I said, the biggest thing is, no matter what it is in life, no matter what you are pursuing, if you're passionate about it, go for it. Like, you will I don't believe that, that we're going to get a second chance at this, that we'll come back and, you know, be re reincarnated. And that's just my personal belief. You believe whatever you want to. But I believe that while you have the opportunity that you have, you should make the most of it. And if something makes you happy, that um, you have the ability to uh, pursue, if that's a goal that you feel like you can attain, then go after it. There's no, no harm in that. No harm in being the best that you possibly can. Um, when my grandmother, a week before she passed, she, uh, she, we were talking and she said, you know, uh, I don't like pro wrestling. I don't like you being in pro wrestling. I don't like the idea of you getting hurt or anything like that. But I know that you love it. So because you love it and I love you, I support you and I want you you to be the best at it, be the best that you can be, do the best that you can. And from that point on, I think that was where I, I decided that, you know, this was what I was going to do, regardless as to, to uh, how long it took or, 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 you know, who would try to stand in my way, what the haters would say, things like that, you know, and, and then I just kept grinding, kept grinding, kept grinding, and then when I was ready to give up. Uh, doors started opening, but because I didn't give up, I didn't miss any of those doors. So I, that's my my advice: is whatever it is that you want to pursue in life, go for it. Keep at it. Be the best you can be at it. You never know what doors might open. All right. Well, uh, there you go, everyone. Uh, this was an awesome interview with you, Steve. Uh, again, I'd like to thank you for. Uh, coming on to the show it, it means a lot uh, i'm honored to have you know the fact that you took the time out of your day um, out of your schedule out of your busy wrestling schedule to you know sit down and have a have a little chat with me uh and before we close off uh with the video uh, again let the fans know where you can uh where you can uh where they can reach you you know through social media all right again you can catch me on facebook under steve wilson Send me a message. I'll try to respond unless you're being weird. Uh, once it gets weird, then I'll, I'll tend to shy away. And, you know, that should be understood, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, under Steve Wilson or Congo Car slash Juggernaut Osiris. Um, or you can catch me on Twitter at Real Congo Kong, um, Or on Instagram at Congo Cyrus 78. And, uh, you know, I always, always. I know how my character is presented and how it should be, but I always want to be accessible, you know, to people so that they can see that there is a human being behind this, this, uh, this, uh, monstrosity. It's a good word. Um, so, you know, I want to make myself accessible, you know, not only to, to, to the fans, but to the promoters, you know, I don't want to feel like, or have them feel like I think that I'm so much better than them because I'm not. It's just by God's grace that I have to be put in a position that I am. And so, uh, you know, I, I, if you want to want to 
chat with me for a little while, that's cool. That's perfectly fine. I'll, I'll do my best, you know, depending on how busy I am and what I'm doing, to respond. All right. Well, uh, thank you for those encouraging words, and thank you for uh, coming on once more, everyone. Not everyone. Thank you for coming on once more. Um, and to everyone, uh, I hope you all enjoyed this uh, this nice interview I've had uh, with Steve Wilson, uh, a.k.a. Congo Kong, the man behind the face paint, Steve Wilson. Um, and I hope you all enjoy your lovely day, your night, your evening. Um, as usual, go support your community. Go support your local grocer. Go support your local indie show. Go support your family. Go support your friends. Go support yourself. Go support Ring Sports TV. I'm your host of Ring Sports TV, True Nustin the Third, the Triple Crown Tri National Hardcore Champion of the World. And I am signing out. I hope you all have a lovely day, night, evening, so on, so forth. And thank you once more, Mr. Wilson. <laughs>